This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Did Micah just take a huge shot at Tank or was this misinterpreted? So we already have some people who are confused about what this is about, which is okay. My, from the 682, Micah basically said we have no interior defensive tackle and he's right. He told Jerry we need a super nasty 330-pound defensive tackle. True. However, that's not what we're talking about. Is I'm going to take you to cut number 11. And this all starts with when we were at the Super Bowl, so a week and a half or so ago, and Tank said, I'm paraphrasing. And it was like, hey, what happened? He's like, oh, you know, maybe we were burnt out. We were tired. It's Maybe we were tired. It's a long season, blah, blah, blah. And this is Micah on with Stephen A. Smith essentially responding to the comments of you were burnt out at the end of the season. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you said it to someone else, you know what I'm saying? One-on-one, you know what I'm saying? Cameras off. Sure, be my guest, but when I feel like once that regular season ends and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it, it, it should never – you should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready to, like I'm ready to go home because that's what's exactly going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like, man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left. Like, that's part of culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like, that I would like, that's just something like I don't agree with at all. Like, regular season, ah, right, yeah, I'm tired. Like, I'm wore out. But as soon as playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how hard it is to win in playoff game, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never say I'm tired or I, I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. I'm just gonna tell you my prediction about what happens from here. Either Micah or Demarcus Lawrence said that's not what they meant and they were misinterpreted. That's why they don't like the media because the media is always trying to stir things up and everything like that. That's my prediction for what are the next steps in this. Here's the next thing. If any of us, not only us, but media in general, it could be G-Bag Nation, it could be Sean and RJ, whoever it is, other, other people in the media that aren't up here, they're going to call us complete liars if we say... Sounds like DeMarcus and Micah don't like each other. It's it, To me, when you do that, when you say we need a change, and he's specifically talking about DeMarcus Lawrence's attitude, that doesn't sound like those guys are best buddies. Like one of Mike Zimmer, unfortunately now, one of Mike Zimmer's first things that he's going to have to do is DeMarcus Lawrence not to go kill Micah Parsons. Mm. Because if 
He just specifically said, we have to change the culture, and I don't want people like that on my team. He's specifically saying, I don't want Demarcus Lawrence on the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, he'll say he didn't, and the Cowboys will say, I'm lying. Like, I understand how the game works. But, like, that's what he just said? And that's that's frustrating, Mike, because... And this is what would Jimmy do in this situation? Hopefully, get them in the room together and be like, "I don't hey. think anybody ever quit on him in the playoffs, so he wouldn't have to deal with this." I, I think. Well, and don't don't forget also, Jimmy had to build that team first, and I think Jimmy would say, "You know what? He's that guy's right. See you later." And I think that's where that's where when you talk about the culture, the culture starts at the top, and has there has to be some sort of fear within it and walking on eggshells about it. I know Kevin money gets involved in this and how much cap space and all that, that really becomes a huge factor for it. But if it was discussed and it was, Hey man, he's, he was one of those soft guys as we were trying to prepare for a playoff. We don't need him anymore. Now a lot of people will fight for DeMarcus Lawrence and Hey, keep that guy around. He does all these things. And a lot of people will say, are we getting the right production out of him? And that's where if you're in that, if you're in that, if you're making decisions about this team and you're hearing this guy, who's your star, your probably future star, say this, is it because he's just trying to point fingers at other people or you really don't have a competitive competitive enough team to go out there and win a championship? What you saw on that on that playoff game was that you don't have a competitive enough team. They fell up, they 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 gave up. So I, I think you really have to give a, do a long look in your mirror and figure out which guys need to stay around and which guys don't because something that was told to us was the culture in that locker room was as good as it's ever been. And as soon as that game was over, it fell apart. They're all pointing fingers at this point. And Let what me they're ask doing- a quick question. Just real, real quick, Mike. Is that the way you interpreted this as Micah pointing the finger back at Demarcus Lawrence and being like, you shouldn't be saying that? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure before we go on. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think that in a way, yes, that he's pointing the finger at Demarcus Lawrence, but I feel like everybody's pointing the finger at themselves going, it wasn't my fault. That's also as bad. Except for CeeDee Lamb, who's like, I have to be better. Or Dak, I do and, honestly feel yeah, like. And Dak is always going to say Dak the right thing. Dak says the professional right yeah. thing. Like, I just look at a lot of these things like the Chiefs just won the championship. Who's getting interviewed more for the playoffs? The Cowboys are. This is also the major issue. I was watching ESPN this morning, and Bart Scott is like, God, these Cowboys love talking. Like, that's that's what these guys love doing. He's like, Micah, shut up. Yeah. And stop doing all of these podcasts and everything and play football. If you want to be considered one of the best, you have to be the best. You have to play the best also in the best moments. You also have to lead a team. Mm-hmm. You also have to be, he mentioned Ray Lewis, you know, and he said he played with a bunch of great players and stuff like that. I don't know all of Bart Scott's career and all of his teammates, but like it's getting to the point now where this is just ugly. Like this loss was more than just a loss. And I don't, I'm starting to figure out how do they overcome this as an organization? Cause I don't think they want to. And this is, this is where I start to think about this a lot is the imperfect messenger, because I, I totally hear what Mike is saying. And when he talks about changing the culture and like, I'm here for all of that. This is where I start to wonder about, is this the right message from an imperfect messenger? Because just my follow-up questions would be, all right, Micah, are you showing up to all the things and doing your part all the time? 
Are you showing up to all the other not game obligations? Are you giving your all in practice every day because people follow your example or that sets the tone for an amazing week? I can't remember who it was we were talking to at the Super Bowl. They were like, oh, yeah, some of these weeks of practice. I think it was Michael Irvin. He was like, some of these weeks of practice, you would be like, oh, my God, we're going to destroy whoever we're playing because everybody in practice this week is unbelievable and on point. And so that would just be my question is if if you're talking about the culture and I think he's right about that, I just want to make sure that I know that you're like you're setting the example in practice yeah. and giving it oh, all absolutely. you got or you're yeah. showing up to the other thing. And that's why, again, if um, I, I'm going to let's just say it's Will McClay. All right. Let's say it's Will McClay that's the one that need, that's the GM. Does that sound reasonable? I mean, Stephen truly, Will, he is. He doesn't have it by name, but he's the general sure. manager Agreed. of the team. The when it comes to let's say those two guys are the GM together in this instance, all right? Those guys have to have the 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 finger on the pulse more than anybody else in the in the entire place because they got to know what the coach is doing, what he's trying to get, the message he's trying to get across. And how those players are responding to that, and so that's where that's where they have to be observing just what you said. And if they are looking at it and saying, "Yeah, he's doing all the things that the great leader needs to be doing," and he's saying he's pointing a finger and saying this guy's not, or there are other guys that aren't, then we need to we need to pick and ride with that guy if they believe that he is. Okay, that's, that's what Kevin. I, I'm, again, that's they're they're the ones running that. They're the ones observing it. If he's not, then they got to find a replacement for him, and this or is, they got to tell, they got to make sure that he is doing those next step leadership things. And this is where I think the Cowboys run into a ginormous problem. And I, and I will tell you, I I see some people, for example, who disagree from the nine seven two. That's not what I heard from Micah. He generalized that we don't need players like that. Wasn't referring to Tank. I hear what you're saying because he well, didn't who say was it then? he didn't say Tank's name, but when he used the phrasing that Tank used, yeah. I, I understand. This is where I run into the issue about changing the culture. Then I think Micah has a lot of valid points. So let's just say let's go on either side of it, right? Let's say that Demarcus Lawrence is the problem. I'm not saying that at all, but let's right. say he was. Okay, do you believe in the Cowboys to do the legwork or make the hard cuts and say? We got to post June 1st him right now. We'll take a hit. We'll save some money on the salary cap and we'll regroup either in the draft or free agency to try to figure it out. I do not. If you think and it's, that culture needs to change too. Yes. Oh my God. I so that agree approach with that. And mentality. And same thing with Micah. Let's find, let's just say, I'm not saying he is, but if for some reason you found out Micah was the problem. Okay. Do you have what it takes to put your best player out or one of your best players out in the market and be like, he's available now because he doesn't fit our culture. Because I don't think they do. So if we're changing culture, the issue is you can change that part of the culture all you like, but there's a certain part of the culture that I know people have been talking about for 30 years that I just don't think they have the work ethic or the stomach or whatever to cut out a piece that doesn't fit in their culture if that player is too good. This is tough, Corey. I'm just going to leave it at this, and I want you to work off of it. I feel like this is very combustible. I know they just got Mike it? Zimmer, a new defensive coordinator, but And he's gonna this, be a hard ass on this, all those players. This whole team right now, I don't know how they overcome all of this. One the loss, but now they just keep adding on to it. Well, and and Mike, this is, you know Would you want to play with a guy who just said that about you? 
Because I guarantee probably you DeMarcus not. Lawrence took it as a personal yeah, shot. Probably not. Whether mm. the audience did or didn't, I don't care. The the other conversation that's about to happen is Dave Campos said this, right? That he felt that Dan Quinn was a little too buddy-buddy with the players. Uh, a little too right next to you, I'm, I'm your guy kind of guy. Mike Zimmer is not that guy. Mike Zimmer is like, hey, how do I challenge you to go do something better? How do I challenge you? And if you're not going to accept the, that's the thing. Are you willing to accept that challenge and be coached? We just talked about this last week. Are you willing to be coached to go to that next level? If he's trying to motivate you in a way that pisses you off, are you going to take it as I'm quitting and taking my ball and going home? Or are you like, I'm going to go show that MF yes. what, I, what I have to do today. And so that's another, Mike, you're talking about combustible. That's another thing that's about to enter that locker room is a guy that's about to really challenge them and not be buddy-buddy with them. And if you don't end up doing what you're supposed to be doing, benched. You know, you're just going to go, you know what, fine, sit over there then. That's where I'll put you. That's where you're going to be. You want to play? Do you want to be great? Then get out here and let's do it. So that's where this whole combustible part of it, Mike, is even going to add something new to the mix. And I hope, I really do hope that Zimmer pulls the best out of all these guys. That he is able to kind of push the buttons of, of the ones that want to be there and want to go to that next place. And then the ones that don't, the ones that, whether it's DeMarcus or Kevin, whether it's Micah, that isn't really putting in all the work that it, it takes to be there, they fall off, they go somewhere else. And by the way, I'm sh- I I know we're talking about these two. I don't mean to make it sound like these are the only two choices yeah. that you have. And but these are your two best players on defense, to be honest. Or, yeah, or at least... I guess, I guess you could look at Diggs, maybe. Yeah, is that- but they're pretty high up. Yeah. At least two, like the top four, if yeah. you don't. But you know what I would love to see? Like, and maybe they just hash it out or they text each other and they're like, hey, you know, got twisted, blah, blah, blah. But if they really meant it, I would love for them to just away from cameras. I don't need to know about it. I would love for them to already have had a conversation. It was like, did you say this? What the hell? Yeah, I did. Because that's what I think. Hey, this is what I think that you need to step up your game. And then it's two grown ass men. They're just like, you know what? I hear you. I don't necessarily agree. Or maybe I do agree and I'll do better. Or I don't agree, but I'll show you the effort. And then Oklahoma drill it. I mean, go out there and just square up I one time with each think, other. I do kind right of think the whole you need team. that sometimes. Wolfpack gets to watch it all happen. And then one wolf goes, you know what? You're the new wolf in town. I would say <laughs> that this offseason took another hard shot because Micah loves talking. He does. And I have no clue what he thought was going to go on on the Stephen A. Smith show. He already, in a way, if you go back to the Super Bowl one, he didn't take shots at Dak, but because Dak is so tough to defend at this point, then when he asked him questions about Dak, he was like, yeah, I can't defend that. That's not good either. Like, I know that you can have your own thoughts. As he said, you can have your own thoughts individually and talk to us individually. Don't say it in front of the camera. He, Yeah, he said that. But he's yeah. saying stuff in front of the camera too. And Kevin, to the stuff that was discussed right out of the gate with the players in front of him and around him, we'll discuss more of those at 1 o'clock today in the C Ooh. Block as I have brought that topic back to the stage. We're the KNC Masterpiece. Because we had a one-on-one talk that let us know where we stand on things, and we Oklahoma drilled it. Oh, my goodness. That's how we do it up here at the station. That does actually sound kind of right. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Wanker of the Weekend. Who is the best at being the worst this weekend? 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com, text line. Hit us up. We'll do it next right here on The Call from Mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, 877-881-1053. It's time for Wanker of the Weekend. Who was the best? At being the worst this weekend, and I don't know if you count this as the weekend, and I hate throwing him in there, but is Jordan Spieth on the list for on Friday signing the wrong scorecard or an incorrect score on a scorecard? And he got eliminated from the Genesis Invitational. Friday is the weekend. Okay. I guess Friday morning isn't the weekend, but Friday afternoon is, and this is when he messed up. Okay. So, is it only after you get off of work, though? I think so. Okay. He was off of, well, I guess he's still on work. He, so he has to work. sign out. <laughs> That's true. He has to sign the card to sign <laughs> out. And I guess I didn't know this about him. I was actually listening to um, 105.3 The Fan during the weekend. And Look at you. They, Chris Arnold and Alec, I believe, you're on the show. And you guys were talking about, um, I don't know if it's on our page or not, but there was a guy who says that Jordan Spieth doesn't keep his scores while the, while the round is going on, that he's He's somewhat lazy about this. Oh, no. And he doesn't write down his score immediately after the hole. Sometimes he will actually not take care of his card that well, and then maybe three or four holes later just write down the last three or four scores. So he's not he's not really looking at his card after every hole and writing it down and making sure that, all right, I just played this hole. Because I don't know if you've played golf. I know, Kevin, you haven't. Sometimes I, I try to keep real score. So I can have an idea what my handicap is. I'm competing against myself to get better. I don't just play golf for fun. I think that golf is fun, but I don't play it for fun. I play it to get better at it. And so I try to write down my score immediately. There's times where I forget, and then there's three or four holes. I'm like, let me write. I'm like, crap, I forgot the last three holes. And I guess that he plays professional golf where at times he won't write down his score immediately after the hole's over, and then he that's how he messed up. I wonder – his caddy's keeping track of that for him throughout then. I don't think you can. But I think his caddy's got to be, like, noting it in some way and then like, discussing it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Alec, you were on the show. You have that. Do you know the audio I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's a weird situation, man. I'm not going to lie. I do the same thing, though. I, I I cannot keep track. I'm so, like, locked Really? In. We're yeah. also not playing for $4 million this exactly. weekend. That is either. a fair point. That's a very good point. <laughs> Like I probably like we always ask why does it take you so long to putt a ball and they're like well guess what if you had a hundred thousand dollars on that putt you would probably take your time and make sure that you have everything in your head you know which way is it gonna break all of these things is it a faster putt a slower putt all these things and so it's just interesting to me that Jordan Spieth and look I don't know, is he thirty years old now maybe something like that like he's played I don't know a hundred plus. 400 plus professional events. This is the first time ever that he screwed it up. Uh, So he is a wanker. Is this the wanker of the weekend? He is a wanker for this. I love Jordan Spieth. It's really tough that you get kicked. I had no clue you get kicked out of a tournament for accidentally writing down the wrong score on a hole. This is going to be a dumb golf question. Do they also do that if you make your score higher? So like what if he had written down 
uh, a five, but it's, his score is actually a four. Yeah, I think you get kicked out of the what? tournament. Which, should, should you just make this, should you change this up? Back in the day, I get it. These weren't televised. They didn't have, like, you. The you, honor system. There was really yeah. an honor system in golf. Because there's a lot of people out there playing the course at the same time. So there's an honor system that the people playing against you are keeping your score, too. Yeah. And so should you, like, nowadays, there should be a penalty. You turn in the wrong score, you should get, like, a two-stroke penalty. So if that misses the cut, like, you've, if you're minus six after two days, now you're, you're four under instead of six under because you screwed up your score, we'll correct it, and then penalize you, too. So maybe it would be three under for the day. Like, I feel like kicking a person out is a little bit tough, but... I understand, like, you better keep your score because you get kicked out of the tournament if you don't. Get rid of the scorecard altogether all now. Like, that's that's what I say. Just get rid of it because, like just Mike just said, everybody's oh. keeping track of the score anyway. Okay. There's a whole, bun- there are a whole bunch of people with paddles that say, shut up, out there. They're like, shut up. I'm sure they can keep score. The TV, they all got it taken care of, so they don't even need to do this scorecard crap anymore. Get rid of that and get rid of the whole rule about not being able to put your club down on the sand in a bunker. That's stupid, too. Oh, there are multiple people who are saying if you put a higher score, you don't necessarily have to get disqualified. Oh, it just keeps it that way? But you keep it that oh, way. Oh, okay. And if you want to go back, then you can get DQ'd. Well, at that point, it just makes more sense to be like, I'll take the extra stroke. And so... I guess the scorecard, like, the only cool thing for the scorecard now is that, it, like, somebody might be able to buy it, like, in an auction or something, right? Like, that would... You, other, you, otherwise, just let them do it digitally. Do you have to give back your little pencil at the end of that? Oh, like the app I have two? that keeps my handicap? Bam. It's done. It, the score is taken care of. Again, somebody is charting it for you. Why should you have to... It's not like the Rangers at the end of the game have to go across and be like, all right, guys, here's our... I guess they do kind of keep their score books and everything. But that, nobody's looking at it. They know what the score was. We know who won the damn game. See, now... I mean, Mike I, McCarthy's walking across, handing somebody a piece of paper that says, hey, there's the official score we have. We lost by 20. Now that we have this, I want further analytical golf information. Like, who's the best per predicted outcome in each tournament. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy won, but Zalatoris really won because he was 16 strokes under what we thought was going to happen. These are the kind of statistics that I would like to hear. Now, you know who is definitely a wanker of the weekend? The Loyola Marymount pitching staff because... Bo Kimball? It's not Bo Kimball. That was for basketball. (laughs) Is... Matt Moscangelo, he made his debut with Sacramento State over the weekend. They played a doubleheader. He got hit seven times in oh, the doubleheader. No, not got a hit. Oh, yeah, no. Got hit plunked. In the knee, in the Seven hip. times. That He's seems like too many. Don Baylor of baseball now, it sounds like. <laughs> that... It looked I mean, like all these pitchers didn't know how to pitch inside. Most of them were right-handed pitchers from what I saw. Okay. And they didn't know how to pitch inside to a left-handed hitter. I think you bring up a valid point. He got to go to first base. Because on the one hand, it sounds pretty bad for the weekend in those two games, Loyola Marymount beaned 11 people. And it just sounds like they just don't know how to pitch then. Mm-hmm. But you remember, this one kid got hit seven so, yeah, times. Yeah. And so it feels like, did he... Did he do so, something? Like, did, did he, he intentionally? In college, they do 
they, they're trying to, to get that out of the game. In college, you'll see, like in the College World Series, guys take their elbow out and everything. The reason they don't do that in the major leagues is the repercussion for that is, oh, okay, you're going to get first base next time. Let's see how well you wear this one in your rib cage. No, the, I, I'll tell you this. I saw the first, I think, three. And they were really at The him. second There's... one, he got hit in, the, it looks like, the knee. Yeah. And the, the first one, that pitch... Like, he could have been standing at the edge of the box, and yeah. it probably still, the other edge of the box. Yeah. And it probably still would have clipped him. But so, you know what I'm talking about in yeah, college. Because yeah, so, yeah. people will ask me, how come in pro ball they don't do that? I, and it's like, because I'm going to face that team the next two days, and yeah. it's one of 162. So if I intentionally stick my elbow guard out to get hit, then the next time I might intentionally get hit where there's no protection. At least three of the first four were like, yeah, really blatant. Like he didn't lean into yeah. that at all. It missed by a lot. I feel like the lead of this story is Corey is that Sacramento is not a state, and yet they have a college that's a state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this happens a lot around. Like there's in there Boston no State University. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I don't get how many others are there like that that have states that you're like. You're not a state. I think there's like a northeastern. Uh, there's a lot of them. State University in Oklahoma, um, and you're like, that's just a direction. That's not yeah. even a city. It's just yeah. a no- northeastern state. We'll see when the tournament of '64 comes out. There'll be plenty of cities that have a state. Norfolk State University. I'm like, that's a city in Virginia. Why aren't they Norfolk City University? Do you think it makes it sound more impressive, or perhaps it's a state representative school? I feel like they really had to impress the people that are going there and be like, we're Are a you state. about to just take a shot at all the people that went to Norfolk State? I mean, I'm sure it's a, they should just be, I feel like you're not getting the best education when Sacramento calls themselves a state. I'm like, I don't know if I want to take geography here. They're the capital yeah. of the state, though. Does that help at all? Then they should be Sacramento capital- of the state of California <laughs> University. Is the name of the Southeastern Oklahoma State. Like, that's a direction of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. yet it's called State University. Wasn't it, there. was it Southwest Texas State, but now they're just Texas State? Oh, uh, Appalachian State. Yeah, that's a mountain. State, if you prefer. <laughs> so you can't be, you can be named after mountains, just yeah. you want them to be Appalachian University. Yeah. Now, nah, okay. Appalachian Mountains University. Okay. All right, that, we cover a lot of area. That makes sense. Now you brought up Corey. Tar- Tarleton State. Yeah, that's not. It's a, in Stephenville. I always want to say Charlton it's too. Tarleton. I think Bobby it's with a T. Isn't uh, isn't Choppy gonna do one of their on Thursday, their game, right? And then Bobby's going down there to hang out. Sam Houston State. That's a man, that's a man. Do you? Re- I thought it was just not a, a statue. St- that was a scary statue when you drive by it at you nighttime. Did not think it was just a statue <laughs> why would they make a statue for somebody not real angelo state although that probably exists you know what i take back there's no back. angelo state in america it's a city of okay. san angelo see how i took us off the rails yes now earlier Corey brought up the jock vaughn got fired rice universe that's a food but it's not kevin state, you were though. talking about john okay Va- vaughn is sean vaughn John Vock, Jock Vaughn. Giannis over the weekend talked about what the Bucks have been dealing with. And this is his actual statement that he actually made. And some people coach. had an issue with it. It's it's hard. This is my fourth coach in the span of six months. Budenholzer, Griffin, 
Uh, they had an interim coach in Doc Rivers. Different philosophy, different game plan. It's tough, man. It's draining. Now, multiple people on Twitter were like, right, but isn't that mostly your fault? And people were like, I wonder who had the input on all of those coaches changing. Hmm. And then somebody even posted a great meme of SpongeBob looking at a wanted poster of himself and trying to figure out who the culprit was. Do we know? Do we know that he's the coach killer in all this? We or is this an assumed thing because he's the best player the on the team one. and he's gone? I gone definitely believe it's the second one. Okay. Because like that's that's a really difficult thing, maybe front office, but it just does seem like whenever you have a star player like that. Uh, and you've moved on from coaches that he's the one that's involved yeah. the most there. But I don't know. I, I So maybe everybody's going after him when they don't need to. But, again, he's had lots of meetings with that front office about the future and him signing and him being around that team. You know what? And I appreciate the fan texts were like, what about the Rocky statue? Look, that's why I looked at Alec and I said, you know what? I'm going to rescind that statement. That is probably inaccurate. And I bet there's lots more statues that are up for fictitious people. So I, I retract that statement. Absolutely. And then. Like Rocky. Y- yes. Thank you very much, Mike, <laughs> for that. You're doing. What about the Rocky statue? Oh my God. Take that's that an, for data. That's mm-hmm. an example, I think, that we've all brought up now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other examples? <laughs> Is there an Apollo Creed you statue like, somewhere? There should be an Apollo Creed you statue. You had another story. What are we waiting for? Is Yes, that's from Rocky too. There should be an Apollo Creed statue. Before that first Rocky fight, in his fictitious world, he was 46-0 with 46 knockouts. That's amazing. They, that's way more impressive what after than that? Rocky. He beat Rocky. And then? And then, and then he Yvonne lost. Drago killed him. <laughs> he died, dude. That doesn't count as an official record. That's an exhibition fight. Rocky's still alive. That is. I mean, and, yeah, yes. Even the actor's still alive right now. That's true. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. He was uh, amazing. I love that dude. We're the KNC masterpiece. You, didn't you got another one. I thought you got another one. You know one. what? Bayern Munich, and it was about soccer hooligans. Oh. But I bet they just heard you two idiots talking, and then they decided to rush the field. I get it. I do. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy, the next stage in the Luchador Mask Saga, plus Mike Evans' watch. Next on The Fan. Third and long, Mayfield off his back foot. Once Mike Evans, get Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa. KNC Masterpiece. Right here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, it's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Five-time Super Bowl champions. Dallas Cowboys. Dang it. I was hoping we would avoid that. All right. Let's talk about Mike Evans. Now, I do believe... I will take him on this team. Okay, and I thought you might say that. I do believe Mike would like Mike Evans to go to the Chiefs. That would be outstanding. Now, I have... They have money to do it. That's true. Cowboys don't. And that is also... Well... Cowboys can. They can. They, they just won't. don't want to put in the work. Just got to take out some loans. Is... <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> got to take out some money. What if they allowed you to do that? <laughs> that would be... Would Jerry awesome. would have to take out more loans. Like, who's trying to be the worst team next year? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. 
Carolina. They're like, we've loaned them $20 million of our salary cap. Yeah, that would be amazing. Or if you could borrow ahead against just the cap. And so they're like, we're going to take $100 million against next year's cap. And just, you kind of, go. On, in a way, you kind you, of can. That is true. That That's is true. Like we're going for it this year. That's yeah. where Buffalo is at. That's why they are that almost is, $60 million over the cap right now for next year. That's a good point, is... Tampa Bay is set to take on $7.4 million in dead money if they don't get a deal done with Mike Evans today with those uh, ghost years and everything like that. Last I heard, as of about an hour ago, said that the two were far apart in terms of negotiations, and it was looking more and more like he's going to be heading toward free agency. Interesting. So I, I, I know he's getting older, but I, I think... There'll be plenty of demand for what that Michael Irvin was. He was all about it at the Super Bowl. Yes. He was like, Mike Evans is the type of player you need with CD Lane. Yes. You need you need a guy like that uh, so that, you know, third down, you can just put it up. And, go, and he is Hell, one of those go guys. Go get it. Like, go look at his catch percentage because of the types of passes he's been. He's like a 55, 60 kind of guy, somewhere in that range, because they're like, hey, we're just throwing it up to you a lot. But he catches. Uh, he catches enough of them to get big yards and big time scores. He's an end zone threat too. So I don't know, man. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to that. That would signify to me we're actually going for it. And this might not be the time to have this conversation again, but I'm gonna throw it out anyway. Mike Evans has played in the NFL for ten years. Every single season, he's had at least a thousand yards. He has 94 touchdowns because five of those seasons he had double digit touchdowns. Is he a Hall of Famer? Or do you think people will reflect and be like, no, he was always like really, really good, but maybe not the best for most his years. for his. Um, and he is 53.9% right there in that range uh, for his career to go into that status. I think he needs to make like a, uh, another run, another deeper run. Yeah. Cause he is one of those guys that you're just like, he's right there in the top five conversation every yeah. year. And he has been, Almost every year of his career. This is interesting. If you're better than Mike Evans, he's the Mendoza line for the Hall of Fame. Oh. If you're better than him, you're in. If you're not, you're out. Which is an interesting conundrum when it comes to actual Mike Evans himself and if he gets in. I'm wondering, with, I, know, I know you're talking about Hall of Fame and stuff, but I'm wondering at this point in Mike Evans' career, I'm not saying this is the smartest move. Most players do regret this. Most players regret taking less money to play on a better team. Almost all of them will tell you when they're 45, 50 years old, I should have just taken the three to five more million per year on that deal. Because you're not guaranteed going to the Kansas City. Sure. You're going to win a championship. Or, But I'm like, I wonder at his career if he would say, Kansas City wants to keep Chris Jones. That could eat up most yes. of their cap space. Like that would eat up probably all of it, and they'd have to – do a few things to make sure they have enough money for him. So then if they wanted to open up another 15 million, which that would kind of be a low number for Mike Evans, like would he take 15 million to play with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes versus I deserve 20 I don't know, does he deserve 25 million? See, like what's his number at? I think if it's structured in terms of it's it's closer to a realistic three-year deal, not a you-can-get-cut-after-this-year deal. Yeah. And he's like, I'll be with the Chiefs for three years. Well, we're going to win a championship. You know, yeah. I wonder if that makes the difference. What do you think his market is? I think is it's it 20 to 22. I know okay. he's coming off a really good season. He is also 
I, Thirty-one. Yeah, older. Aren't is is Jefferson and Lamb and Chase about to get over thirty a year? Yeah, Are St. they getting St. thirty Brown's, a year? St. Brown's talking twenty-five with Detroit right now. So and he just played his third year in the NFL. Yeah. So like that's where I would say I would say an older Mike Evans. So Kevin might be right because of where he is in his career. I think twenty to twenty-two is reasonable. Okay. His agent might. Stop I'm just I'm that. just kind of looking at his all-time stats. He's in like the top thirty. In touchdowns all time uh, at 95. Okay. So, I mean, that's really far away from Jerry Rice's 208. Sure. But that's just life. Uh, and he's also in the top, you know, 35 for yards. He's in the top 40 something for receptions. So he's in that range for when you're talking about Hall of Fame credentials later down the road. I think he'll get in. I, How I many do. all pros? He's only got two, I think. Three. He got it was an all pro his rookie year, and then second team all pro just this year, right? Uh, in 2016, he was. It says second team, isn't it? No, weird? I mean, I'm saying, and also just this past this year, year, yeah. If he played for the Cowboys, that wouldn't be close to the resume you need. To be honest, like it's really weird, but playing for Tampa is actually better for Hall of Fame status than playing for Dallas. So it would just be weird to me that, like, let's say he plays three more years, right, and he doesn't make another All Pro. To your point, Corey, let's say he doesn't. But every single year, he gets 1,000 yards again. And he retires, and he played 13 years and had 13,000-yard seasons. Pretty good. Don't don't you think people be like, oh, that seems like a Hall of Famer to me, even if he doesn't get those other, like, all-pro bona fides and everything. Yeah, and, some, I mean, somebody said Andre Johnson just got in. Was he that much better than Evans? I mean, I think, again, we talked to Michael Irvin about this. That was the beginning of that generation of receiver. Mike Evans is a different mold than that, too. <laughs> But I think he's, you know, he's got the championship to go along with it with Tom Brady. He's got a lot of the credentials. I think people forget how good Andre Johnson was. Besides Tom Brady from that 21 team, who else is? They'll have to put somebody else in on that team, right? I guess Gronk makes it because yeah. he was on that team. And then but. I wonder about the futures for some of their defensive players. Like, a lot of those defensive players were significantly younger, though. So, yeah. it feels like they have more career left to go. All right, let's go from that to... Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey is on the quest to return the Luchador mask to the Dallas 8th grader. I did not. Elijah Smith. Yes. I guess I forgot that the roots were here in Dallas. And I said it three times during the C block, Kevin. But what day was that? Friday. Okay. It's been three it's weekend. days. So I forgot. It's weekend also. Is Your brain was already going into the weekend. Exactly. What? If you found this lucha mask, like somebody just handed it to you, uh-huh. did you just give it back? Sell right it away? to Mike. Oh, Mike's come willing on. to pay lots of money for lucha max. They do right make now. pretty cool luchador <laughs> off off market because I don't think the NFL has decided not to market luchador mask. Uh-huh. I don't know why. It seems ridiculous. But uh, they they look like. They're pretty cool. Some of them people are making look pretty cheap, but some like <laughs> there's a Falcons one I showed you, and the mask is blue, and I'm like, they're that not. I didn't totally get either. Same with the Ravens, and so, but there are some ones like the Cincinnati Bengals Luchador mask is the best. Yes, that one is really cool. And but- you know, Jerry Jerry knows there's a market for it, and especially when he talks about his Los Vaqueros. Uh, when I remember when we were talking to yeah. him, he just kept saying that over and over. But he's not wrong. They have a huge Hispanic yes. uh, following yes. as Cowboys. But Kevin, no. I would definitely give it to Mike uh, or sell it to Mike. You wouldn't give it back to that kid? And then if Mike wants to sell it to the little yeah. kid, uh, then Mike can sell it to him. Man, I'm surprised. From him, I expect that. From you, I expect this, you to give well, it back to Well, I guess kid. this kid's like, hey, 
this is like my good luck charm. And Kevin, I don't want the Chiefs to have any more good luck. They've had enough. It's time. Why not, man? Dynasties are fun. <laughs> it did kind of feel like Jason Kelsey just stole it. The more you hear him, he just he picked it up and then he put it down it. and he walked off with it. And you're not going to tell Jason Kelsey to go like Trayvon Diggs when he took uh, Woolchuck's charger. And I yeah. was like, hey, can I get can, seriously though? He needs his charger. Yeah, he was absolutely going was to, to take that. That's it. a true story. Franchise tag window opens tomorrow. Safe to assume we do not anticipate this being used for uh, the Cowboys. I got to put Tank on the franchise tag, right? Well, Tank is already under contract, so franchise I, player though. I feel like that would be a mis- just that would actually I will just give be really confusing. Tank. At no point during that game that they lost 400 to 0 until the fourth quarter and then they figured the Green Bay Packers out <laughs> is I never thought he wasn't trying in the game or burnt out or getting destroyed or whatever. So it's it was weird to hear him say he was burnt out or the yeah. team. I don't know. He maybe was specifically saying as a team. I don't know. But it is weird when you – not that I'm ever going to go back and watch that game, but that that was him. And then franchise tag, you're not worried about Lamb, right? Because he still has a fifth-year yes, option. Correct. I'm just wondering if Lamb takes the advice of Ezekiel Elliott's um, agent. I know they don't have the same agent, but just say, just sit out. They'll yeah. give you the biggest contract in football history kinda, for a wide receiver. Kind of looking around, Kevin, and people have Cowboys. They have Tony Pollard. What? And <laughs> Please, no. As a potential tag player. Don't do it. That's done, right? Yeah. Like, that's just, that's completely, no. it. based on the feeling I was getting, Kevin, it just felt like, by the way, Tony Pollard will be uh, out there at Nebraska Furniture Mart tomorrow at Grandscape. True. True. So if you want to come see us, see Tony Pollard, it's uh it's happening. We'll still be in the maybe Metroplex potential next year. franchise tag. No Look, candidate Tony Pollard. I don't know what's gonna happen if they franchise tagged him again. I would just be like, I give up. I, I don't I have literally no idea what we're doing here. They couldn't. That would be well, close they, to a million a game, wouldn't well, it? They could, but they won't. They won't. They won't. Say they won't, Corey. They're not. I like you can they say it, Corey. They're not. They might. They but. might try to work out a deal with him. I'm not saying that they wouldn't just work out like a three year, six million a year deal. Yeah. That I would actually I could actually see. And then by the way, I just wanted to bring this up because I think about the same thing every time. The Ravens signed Nelson Aguilar to a one year extension. And every time his name comes up, I just think about that guy who made the rescue, and he's like, I don't want to be like Aguilar out here dropping things left and right. That's what I think about every time his name comes up. I just need to know this to go to the next segment. Text in, Cowboy fans, are you happy with me that I stopped doing the Dak thing? And I'm now going to say that we are the five-time Super Bowl champs and be positive. I'm going to text in about that. 